Okay, guys. Well, welcome back to another episode of Texas Tap Rooms. We're here today with Travis and Raven. And your last name, Kocurik? Kocurik. Kocurik. Okay. We're here. We're here at uh, Houndsong Brewing Company in Columbus, Texas. Um, this is in Colorado County, um, about seventy-five miles west of downtown Houston. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. We, yeah, our our west of Houston, more or less, is kind of how we look at it. But yeah, something like that. I drove in from Katy. Um, it. I don't know what it took us. Forty-five minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, from Katy. So, you know, a nice little drive, uh, Sunday morning drive, come out here. Great spot out here, by the way. Uh, so anyways, we're right here at 535 Walnut Street, Columbus. Is that right? Okay. Um, let's, let's just jump right into this. Tell me about Hound Song. Tell me about the name, first of all. Okay. Um, well, we... Let's see. Travis, Travis grew up with hound dogs. His grandpa had... Uh, pecan orchard and um was really a classic rural country texas man and did everything under the sun he was extremely brilliant and travis i think can say really idolized him and it's kind of funny he he really made a name for himself in this area but he he uh owned coon hounds and Growing up, Travis always wanted to have a coon hound of his own, and um, one day we were homesick with the flu, and uh, we're scrolling through, uh, well, I was scrolling through the local Humane Society uh, website, and we found a coon hound puppy. She was nine months old, and um, fell in love with her. Her name's Remy, and so she really started it all. She's got the most beautiful bay. And um, we had always joked that she was singing to us. And um, when we were putting together plans for the brewery and trying to come up with a creative name, it seemed like everything was already taken. Every cool idea we had, um, we were checking the trademark registries and nothing we wanted was working. And um, we were brainstorming and all of a sudden, you know, we have two coonhounds now. They were uh, yelling at each other, singing to each other, and it was kind of a cacophony of, of sounds. And I turned to Travis and I said, well, what about Hound Song? And um, really, from that moment, that conversation at our dinner table, it really just stuck. And um, we developed this, I guess, nostalgic ideology around it of uh the hound song calling us back home uh from colorado where we live to colorado county where travis grew up and he developed all these uh, amazing memories um of living in rural country texas you know that's uh that's a story yeah (laughs) most uh most people don't have a story like that it it might be just something hey like uh we just came up with the name you know yeah (laughs) yeah i just remember whenever she whenever she said hound song it was one of those i don't know like an epiphany of sorts where you're just like yeah that's it perfect i could work at hound song yeah (laughs) so you know you could have as many brainstorming sessions as you want Mm -hmm. sometimes it just it just hits you Yep. You know, it just hits you. That's that's the name. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was mentioning to Travis earlier that you know I I'm a business owner as well, 
and you know you, we're brainstorming same same thing as you guys and then i don't know what it was just all of a sudden out of the blue the name comes to me and i send it to my partner he's like yep that's it right and it was it was no second guessing mm-hmm. it was just just kind of funny how it happens like that you know yeah indeed um it's actually quite fitting too you know because we're we're country mm-hmm. this this is country area driving through this area well first of all getting here getting here from houston and getting here from from katie we're in the country it's very rural mm-hmm. uh driving through i mean everything looks so historic down here the, the historic buildings the uh the houses across the road the um the courthouse just up the road um so it, it's nice to have a like a good country feel to this brewery as well and the name i think does it yeah uh, go ahead well yeah no i, yeah, I was gonna uh, agree completely and it, it's cool too like as raven mentioned kind of following the hound song back home because i did grow up here in weimar just 15 miles further uh west and uh after high school moved around did a lot of different things and then lived in colorado for six years where i met raven and then kind of come coming back around full circle moving back home essentially to the same county i grew up if not the same town and uh yeah it, it all just kind of clicked for us and yeah it's been been a lot of fun what so why, why did you move to uh colorado in the first place well, um, so that was in 2014. I, uh, I had just gotten back from the Peace Corps. I was in uh, Peace Corps Tanzania for two years, 2012 to 2014. And <clears throat> I, it, was, it was kind of a little bit of luck because I got back in June of 2014 and a good friend of mine who I grew up with in Weimar as well was just getting ready to move to Fort Collins because he had gotten a job there. And I was looking for a place to drop an anchor and coming back from East Africa, I wasn't in a hurry to just go back home. I was 26 years old and he was moving to Colorado. I said, well, shoot, everything I, I kind of own is fits in this laundry basket. Can I just tag along and, you know, we'll split rent at some apartment somewhere and I'll just kind of figure life out when I get there. And so that's what brought me to Colorado was just kind of a, a you know, a whimsical idea when I... I had no ties to any place yeah. really. So, uh, where in Colorado did you go? Fort Collins. Fort Collins. So, okay. Yeah, Fort Northern Colorado. Uh, yeah, moved there in 2014, and uh, ended up living there for about six years. And Raven, you're from Fort Collins. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I. Uh, so we moved there from uh, Southern California. Gosh, when I was 12, and went to CSU and met him, and you know the rest is. <laughs> history we really just settled into life there and uh it's where we discovered craft brewing i was going to ask you that so you discovered craft brewing is is that just from visiting the local craft brewery scene in colorado or did you have an interest prior to that um well i just was really immersed in it um in fort collins there's probably north of 30 breweries now but um, that's been the case for you know the last 20 years. It's always been a brewery hotspot, New Belgium, Odell's. Um, so craft beer and brewing is really accessible there. And um, in our early dating life, that was what we did for fun. We went brewery hopping and always wanted to try whatever was new on tap. And um, the first year we 
were together, the first Christmas we spent together, I got him this brew in a bucket kit. And um, Travis has a extensive science background. He studied biology, ecology in uh, Sam Houston and Texas A&M. And I think just by nature, he's a very um, obsessive in the best way <laughs> type person. Um, he really doesn't know how to do anything halfway. So when he discovered uh, when he discovered craft brewing, you really just went all in. And um, from there, the home brewing setup just became more and more elaborate and extensive. And um, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's it's, uh, it's kind of funny because um, I, I own a coffee roasting company too, and it's small, right? And we started at home, and she's like, you know, you're kind of crappy little setup here, right? But I think everybody kind of, especially in the craft brewery industry and different things like that, everybody starts from a crappy setup, right? Uh, unless you got a lot of funding behind you, everybody kind of starts from a crappy setup, and, and you just build from that, and that's where you perfect your craft and. Uh, where you get better doing things, you you make mistakes, and, and you just you know you get better over time. Indeed, yeah. right? Yeah, for us started <laughs> uh, started in the kitchen um, with that with that very uh, rudimentary setup, um, and then before you knew it, we had our entire garage, um, three car garage. Three car garage <laughs> was a brewery that we didn't park our uh, cars in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there were uh, multiple freezers that were on external temperature controllers yeah. and a you know brew little brew house. A glycol loop. Really? Yeah, like small cylindroconical fermenters. I mean, the whole bit. <laughs> uh, on that note, and that was in uh, Colorado? That was in Colorado, Okay. Yeah. Was there, and what were you doing with your beer at the time? Were you, were you, now, you're, you're at, you're at yeah. a state now, okay, so they're not going to come, come looking for you. But. Well, we, it was truly just for our own consumption, and we would, uh, we would have parties at our house okay. all the time. We really loved hosting um, our neighbors and friends. That was kind of a regular thing, and um, you know, Travis would make the beer, I would put out a, a spread of food, and we would just hang out. That was how it started, and we kind of think of the brewery as an extension of that, of Travis making awesome beer, I'm throwing out a spread of food, and... Awesome food. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. awesome. But, uh, you know, this is this is our an extension of our home, and having that kind of dinner party feel and set up. I love that. That's a good story. Great story. Yeah. And just one more thing. You're going to cut this out. But uh, talking about um, Travis being obsessive in a good way, <laughs> and he relates to the coffee, it's the same thing. Um, he would have a notebook, and he would have the seconds written down when we'd hear the first pop right. with the uh, bean, mm -hmm. and then how long it popped for, and then it's the popping kind of settled down, and then... An, a second round of popping would start mm -hmm. and he would be out there he was like the coffee bean whisperer yeah. <laughs> i'm just like wow you had this down i am not like there's no way i can help you with this now you're yeah. you're on your own very cool yeah i did a little bit of that in the peace corps like little very very simple rudimentary roasting of you know green coffee beans so a lot of coffee grows in tanzania and so yeah. mm -hmm. i dabbled a little bit <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that was a courting gift he had one bag of green uh it was pea berry yeah from uh that he brought with him 
back and it was all that he had left and so he gave that to me oh you know, really like first days of dating oh nice. sweet fun little date make our own coffee yeah our own coffee That's well cool. it is it becomes an art and you become kind of like one with the process and like he's got something going on here that he hears that i'm not hearing so you run with that <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So did you, I guess, because of that love for beer and what you guys are doing then, I, obviously you started thinking about a brewery uh, in uh, Colorado, but you didn't open one in Colorado. So give, you know, I, given the hound song and, and one bringing you back home, it's not home for you. So how'd you guys make the leap to come? Like why, why Columbus? Apart from, I'm, I'm guessing, I haven't looked around here yet. But I'm guessing there's no breweries here except for this one. That's, that's correct. Uh, was that part of the motivation? Was it uh, something else that came into it? And, and how did you feel about the jump to come from Colorado? Because a lot of people from Texas go to Colorado. You right. Don't, you don't see it the other way around unless it's oil and gas business or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, early on in our relationship, he he took me home and I met his family and I really fell in love with this area. Um, having grown up in Colorado, obviously it's beautiful and um, it's a destination for so many different things. But the the people and the pace of life and the culture down here really resonated with me. And um, and and when it came to opening the business, we were in uh you know we didn't consider ourselves in a position to lend anything to the Colorado, the Colorado craft beer scene that was really taking on a life of its own. And we felt from what we wanted to bring to the table, we really didn't have anything to add there, but to come to an area where, uh, they're really, like you mentioned, we're the only brewery in the County. Um, there are, some breweries within the 50 mile radius but we wanted to introduce our beer to a new market our and this experience of what a craft brewery could do for a community we wanted to bring that to the community in Colorado our community in Colorado County and um, Columbus kept coming back onto our radar and we discovered this building and really that sealed the deal we found this amazing beautiful historical space and we felt it would be perfect for what we wanted to do to live out our dream of opening a brewery so the chips really just fell and we moved along with it yeah there was there was definitely a lot of luck involved in in regards to finding this exact spot because once we did, I mean, we, we looked a little bit in northern Colorado, but yeah, to Raven's point, I mean, it's so saturated, we were, really weren't able to to do anything there. But then when we turned our sights here and looked around in different areas, um, I just kind of really accidentally found this place by calling the county and, and uh, someone mentioned the owner of this building, thinking that he was opening a brewery but in in fact that that wasn't the case there was some confusion there it was that this guy owned a building and he wanted to do something with the building and he thought that it would be a great spot for someone to put a brewery in it and we were looking for a place to put a brewery and it it was it ended up being 
a perfect fit. Something and, how that, you know, how it works out like that, you know? Yeah. It, it's like the chips just fell into place. Exactly. Um, you said your family's from Weimar, so mm-hmm. are they still in Weimar? Are they are they in, out this way? or? Yeah, yeah. Um, my, uh, my dad lives in Weimar still on the same property he grew up on and my mom lives in lagrange um so just you know 20 miles from here it's as not well. too far away yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and cousins and uncles and everything in between you know yeah. travis is kin to probably a couple hundred people in this area so <laughs> it's kind of funny a cousin will walk through the door every now and then that so nice he hasn't met or hasn't seen in years so it's yeah. it's been a cool part of this experience mm-hmm. to be close to his family and mm-hmm. I didn't abandon mine. We still keep in touch. <laughs> we're, we're close, but um, I'd lived in Colorado for so long. I was ready for a change. Nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, so you know, we went over how you picked this place and all that kind of stuff. Um, what about, like, you know, when you started? So when did you start, first of all? Um, so we the, the brewery opened in November of 2020. Um about eight months into COVID, for those of you keeping count. Um, yeah, so we, we, we started the build-out, though, in March, about when COVID happened. And that was just kind of, an I mean, an accident or, or whatever. I guess if there would be any speed bumps in this whole story, that would be one of them. Um, we started planning it all the way back in, really, 2018, when I went to the brewing school at the American Brewers Guild. Um, but then moving forward from there... Um, Business plan was in twenty nine. Spent twenty nineteen on on the business plan. Found the found the building in mid twenty nineteen, and then it just took a little while to get everything in order up in Colorado to be able to then move down. And the timing just worked out that it coincided with when COVID shut everything down. Um, so yeah, started uh, building out in here in March of twenty twenty. Opened in November of twenty twenty. So we've been at it now for just over two years. Hmm. You know, uh, you guys might be like the fourth or fifth people we've talked to, and we've only talked to 10, 10 different people mm-hmm. so far. And um, they were either right in the midst of COVID, right before COVID, or right after COVID. Um, and I, I can imagine that was a very difficult time. Although I'd imagine, I'm just guessing, I'm just guessing out here in Columbus, it might have been a little different feel than in some of the major city centers. Uh, and it was in... November. So in Texas here, I would imagine most of the lock, lockdowns are kind of lifted at that point. Is that is that correct or no? It w- yeah, it, it was. It was still. Uh, it was still at a point where everything we had to we had to take everything on a day by day basis. You know, there was always the the threat of having to to close depending on where the case count fell, but. Like you mentioned, in a in a rural area like this, with a lower population, and we're not we're, we're pretty spread out. Um, fortunately, we never had to to close our business, and or, or really, we we did we did uphold all the guidelines and um, recommendations for social distancing and things like that. But um, yeah, we really were lucky and bypassing a lot of what other businesses unfortunately experienced and were affected by you know i guess part of the good thing for you guys here is you have a fantastic spot by the way and it's it's very big Mm -hmm. um so you can actually still fit a lot of people in here and still social distance you know you you got a huge space here 
Um, what about any uh, kind of other startup nightmares? Things that you put in your business plan and say, you know, oh, this is going to be great. We got our business plan done. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, shit, we, we, didn't, we didn't account for this. Or something went wrong or, you know, my opening days here and our equipment went down or anything like that. Yeah, so there is a, a, a funny story here. Um, our second, so the only batch of beer that I've had to dump uh, was our second batch, and that was because, uh, so I did the first batch, and it pretty much went off without a hitch. Everything was fine. It was a very late night because I was still learning how to, you know, run the, you know, run the whole system. But then that, that second batch, two days later, uh, my burner on my boil kettle wasn't coming on. Well, as it turns out, I, I had gotten, in cleaning from that first batch, I had accidentally got a little water kind of overspray on the, uh, on the, on the uh, igniter for the burner, and so it, it had gotten wet. And uh, we were looking at it, and uh, it turns out that all we needed was a spark to be able to, uh, to get the burner started. And... So we had our electrician here, and he he was looking around for any way to get a spark, and he thought that that would that that would work. And then he asked, "Hey, does anyone? Random question: Does anyone have a taser?" Yeah. <laughs> you would expect everyone to kind of giggle, but one person off in the corner is like, "I have a taser." Really? I'll go yeah. out to my car. I'll go, go get it. Be right back. Love that country life. <laughs> yeah. Came back with his taser, and uh, and they were able to get it started with a taser. It yeah, it, it worked. That's pretty interesting. Yep. And so then the the burner, you know, was going. But then the thing was, is I wasn't able to control the intensity of the burn, uh, and so it ended up scorching the beer anyways, uh, scorching the wort, and so. Uh, it got burnt, and so I still ended up having to dump it. But it's really funny because it's you know we 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 figured out a good plan B if we ever needed to go that route again. Is you know you could start it with a taser. <laughs> so that was really funny. That is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so apart from then, uh, you know your cousins coming in and your family, your customer base. Um, I think Columbus has like thirty six hundred. Yep. Uh, people in, in the uh, town here. That's right. Um, I don't know what the nearest town is. Weimar the nearest, next nearest town? Yeah. And yeah. Weimar can't be that big either, is it? 2,000 population. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, so what's your, what's your customer base like here? Because you've got a big spot. I, I doubt this place is uh, rarely full except for, and we'll talk about your stage and, and your concert stage here. Mm -hmm. But apart from events... I'd imagine this place isn't full all the time, is it? No, not, not all the time, but um, it, it is on the weekends. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, in, in terms of our customer base, uh, we are very fortunate to have a majority of our customers being locals. And, you know, to your point, this is an extremely small community, but what we've seen is people really rally around us and support us in a way that we never expected. Um, earlier you had talked about challenges we experienced in the beginning. Um, we were extremely conservative with our projections of um, what we, what we expected to be coming in through the door but on the very first day, that was completely blown out of the water. Really? Yeah. We um, 
we started with two staff and Travis and I working behind the bar. We had to bring in family members to help us. That's good. Because it was such an overwhelming response. Um, so, yeah, I would say that we're small but mighty. Yeah, and that's good. Um, people have really taken to what Travis and I have done here and what we're offering. And um, we do get a fair amount of traffic from... Uh, you know, we're, we're in close proximity to I-10. We're right off of Highway 90. So we do get a lot of travelers coming from Houston, Austin, San Antonio. Um, but I would I would say that it's our community that really keeps us going. Uh, you know, so to me, it's like apart from your community and your regulars and all that kind of stuff, that's it's great that you got that support and great that people are rallying behind you. But otherwise, for people that aren't from here, it is a destination brewery. And as you said, it's pretty easy access i mean we came in a couple of minutes off the highway mm -hmm. uh we're going to put it up on our uh website texastaprooms.com and you know we got a map to all the breweries that we're interviewing right awesome. yeah. um so it'll be a running tally of uh and people can see it's pretty easy to get to but it's a destination brewery for people that aren't from this area right yeah. um and i'm going to encourage everybody to come here because the place really is it's small town feel uh historic town uh, Columbus, I think, was actually one of the first settled towns in Texas yeah. um, back in the, I think it was like 1820s or 30s. 1823. This is our bicent. This year's our bicentennial. Okay. Mm -hmm. On that, so what's happening in the town for the bicentennial? Do, do, do you know yet? Um, well, we've got ongoing celebrations every month. Um, the Columbus Historical Preservation Trust is a really active group here and every month they've got something different going on um and one of our our biggest festival of the year is called magnolia days it's in may um and uh this year our headliners randy roger so it's a music festival there's vendors um games for kids but uh this year we've made it our biggest one yet so um yeah lots of lots of little celebrations throughout the year but magnolia days is our our cherry on top nice nicole put that in the calendar yeah it's like may 19th and 20th right right around there yeah i like i like those uh, we grew up in a small town and uh we're from um we're from eastern canada okay and uh very rural um i mean there's there's one Maybe one, maybe two cities there, uh, which is the majority of the population. We're not from those areas. We call those people townies. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're called Bayman because we're from the bays, the outlets, right? Um, so there's a battle between the townies and the Bayman. Uh, but we're Bayman. Uh, but all very small communities, you know, a couple hundred people there, a couple hundred people there. Um, but I, you know, that's where we grew up, and that's kind of thing I like. You know, I, I, I was mentioned to you earlier. I want to get out of the city and mm -hmm. move to the country. You know, we were talking about Airbnbs and that kind of stuff and renting something and just getting out of town for a bit, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I like the small town feel all, and we, we used to have all these little festivals in each one of those little towns and uh blueberry festival was one of them. And they're just nice to go to just yeah. down to earth, good people, mm -hmm. just, you know, good time. So we're, we're putting the, we're putting that in the calendar. Yeah. It's going to be great. We're excited. And yeah. it's just um, it's just on the square. Um, it takes over all of downtown. Yeah. We're and, excited. And we're brewing a beer for the festival as well. 
Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. Magnolia Days. Magnolia Days, D-A-Z-E. As opposed to the hazy, maybe? No, no, no it's going to be a rice lager. Okay. Folks around here like their uh, like their yep. pale, you know, light pale lagers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crispy, so. clean, cold, yep. refreshing. Yeah. What what I call if you listen, anybody has listened to the podcast, a good hockey beer. Oh, I, there I play hockey. Go. It's a it's a nice refreshing. You know, go do a sport, and then after the sport, you want to drink something nice and refreshing. I call it. We call it a hockey beer. Yeah. You know. Um, man, let's let's just jump into so the historic nature of it. Yeah. So Columbus has been here a long time, established as bicentennial, two hundred years ago. Um, I don't know for sure, but this building we're in right now looks like it's got to be a hundred years old. I don't know for sure, but. Uh, Tell, tell us about the building here. What, 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 what's, that, this, what's this place about? That's a good question for Raven yeah, as well. Yeah, the, the Hounsong historian. Um, 97 years old, I can tell you that. Yes. Okay. So, okay. Just about 100 then. Uh, it was opened in 1926 by Sam Harbert. Um, we actually don't have a lot of pictures from the early days of the building, um, but we do know that this was a community center uh, throughout throughout the history of the building it started out as a car parts shop an auto shop it was later a car dealership during world war ii um the harbert family was really active with the community and this was a um a stopping point for soldiers as they went overseas um, so it was at one point a vaccination clinic, a post office, a train station, bus station. Over the years, it's been associated with the different trades like a motorcycle shop, a, a record service. So um, it's, it's had a long life of, of different businesses, but um, being in downtown, it's always played a part in the local community. So we feel honored to carry on that legacy as a craft brewery. A great multi-purpose facility. I like it. Um, so when you guys, what was here when you guys came in? Because you said it was um, it was a kind of a warehouse space. The, the, the owner was saying, hey, could be good for a brewery. So I'm assuming all the brewery stuff wasn't here. Uh, the bar wasn't here. None of that stuff was here. So I'm assuming you guys had to build all that out. We did. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was just a big, big open shell. Um, it was, it was getting a little bit in, into, I don't know, I don't disrepair. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was definitely, you know, it was showing its age and it needed a little bit of TLC. And, um, yeah, there really wasn't much in here. It was a, a big open shell, and we had to um, tear out some stuff, uh, you know, uh, some smaller walls. Um, but then uh, they put in this divider wall that, you know, you can't see if you're listening, but there's a, a, a wall that splits the building pretty much in half now. Um, so they had just finished putting that up and putting in the restrooms that are here now as well. But other than that, um, we had to come in and, and pretty much built everything uh, laid the floor that is the production floor where all the brewing equipment is at. So it's it's elevated, uh, on, you know, placed on top of the original concrete. So some of that involved busting up the original concrete, to put in floor drains, 
um, and uh, had built a walk-in cooler, uh, and then ultimately also built a really nice wall around that walk-in cooler, uh, and that was more for aesthetics, so we didn't just have a big silver box sitting in the middle of the tap room. Um, yeah, built the bar out. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a, a lot that we had to build from scratch. Even the stage uh, next to us here uh, during a, a subsequent expansion, which came about a year later. Um, yeah, a lot of it we, we kind of just built out in here yeah. from a blank slate. But we didn't want to hide the building. We didn't want to turn it into a new modern facility. We wanted to show off a lot of the beauty of the original infrastructure so the steel framed windows are all original it was kind of a painstaking process to preserve them but um, we wanted to we wanted to keep the charm that we saw and we fell in love with when we walked in here and you can see it you can see it with the windows you've kept the original windows the doors the transoms above the the doorways there it looks beautiful Thank you. Even the paint colors. The paint colors too, yeah. And and I lend a, a lot, all of this to the building owner, Ronnie, who's become a really good friend of ours. But um, the uh, Texas Historical Society did a study. So they brought in um, anthropologists, I believe, and they were able to extract paint samples from different areas of the building. And so the the green that, uh, that you guys can see <laughs> is uh, that is kind of our motif here um that was in vogue at the time in the 20s so you see you saw that color a lot and this like green that's not or black green color um that was also here so um yeah that's all all from the 1920s and we've actually incorporated it into our our brand so this is the hound song green yeah now yeah. you can see you've really maintained the old charm yeah, and very, charm, very sure. charming, and uh, you know, I think the same green was probably used on on um, re- uh, refrigerators and bathtubs mm-hmm. and toilets and sinks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I think then then they may have went to that uh, yellowish brown color. Uh, so, yeah. Um, anyways, I think it looks great in here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it fits very well, it's and uh, the two separate. I actually like the two separate uh, places that you've. You didn't establish necessarily. It was established, you said, right before you, you mm-hmm. took over the place. But you got the brewery uh, tap room area up up front, and then you got the secondary place down here. Um, what do you use the two different places for? Are they open all the time? Uh, do you use them differently? Yeah, so um, they are open all the time. Um, at this point, before, when we first opened, we just had everything on the, on the main side of the brewery, and we expanded to this back half where the kitchen and stage and all of that is um, about a year into it. But now at this point, um, they're all open all the time, but we do rent out this, this back side um, if folks want to do private rentals, private parties, things like that. Um, it's, it's always available for things like that. Um, we also uh, we do live music back here every weekend. Um, we... Uh, have our our kitchen here as well uh so but but if there's not a special event going on if there's not a private rental or live music or something like that um we do have a large projector that's casting on the wall here so folks can sit back here and and watch sports and and just kind of 
you know, it, it's really just a big beer hall, I guess, in, yep. in a way when there's not some sort of a special event or something like that going on. Yeah. I could definitely see a special event here with those beautiful chandeliers. They're huge. Thank They're you. gorgeous. She's an interior decorator. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> yeah. You, I get it. Now. You it's like eye candy. Questions. It's very pleasing. Well, the problem, part of the problem with that is, is when we go looking for uh, an Airbnb or a rental, and she's like, I don't like the chandeliers. I'm like, we're not buying the place. <laughs> we're just staying there for a couple of days, right? And uh, uh, so anyway, she's 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 getting enamored by oh by, my god, by they're your, gorgeous. You know your decor and that kind of stuff around here. Thank you. So and she's probably going to look for an Airbnb around here. There you, you know, go. Just come and have a look. There's a lot of beautiful spaces in the area. Mm-hmm, I bet. And again, I have to give uh, the credit to our our building owner Ronnie. He really he's got a beautiful eye for for things and um we we agree a lot on um giving old things new life and repurposing where we can so Mm -hmm. those are that's on him he did that on your uh concert venue uh so your your uh entertainers are they local are they coming in from um all over texas or or what we get folks from all over texas even from out of state um we uh, so we really like to we, we do plenty of locals as well. Don't get me wrong, uh, but we do like to really support um, up and coming singer songwriters um, that kind of air towards generally towards kind of Texas honky tonk scene. Um, and so yeah, we'll have folks. Uh, most of it is going to be uh, solo acoustic shows, but we'll have full bands from time to time. And so like the sounds, if you can imagine, like the pedal steel. And you know, bass guitar with like a like a small drum kit, so like that kind of honky tonk thing. But yeah, those folks will come from, I mean, from all over. We get actually um, a, a few folks that come from uh, from Fort Collins, Colorado, actually. So if they just happen to be touring through this area of Texas, we'll try and, and grab them when they're coming through. And uh, we've had a couple of, of folks, and then we kind of are able to bring that tie back to where we lived and where Raven grew up, and that's really neat. So. So yeah, kind of all over the state, and then some out of state. Okay, good. Um, you mentioned the the so you got you got the music, you got the projection screen for sporting events. I see some cornhole over here. I see some. I can't remember what the name is called, but it's not ring toss. It's oh, the, yeah, yeah. Bumini ring toss. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what other things can when people come in here? Um, I mean. I, I say this, you know, I say this to my kids all the time. That, you know, when you get together with your friends, you can just talk. Mm-hmm. So you don't always need to be entertained doing something. But if people came in here, um, what kind of things are they here to do? Like, what can they participate in, hang out, uh, apart from talking? You know, you got those things. Is there anything else uh, uh, people can enjoy while they're here? Yeah, we uh, we host a lot of... Um we try to offer a lot of variety in the tap room. So like today we've got a sip and paint class going on. Um, there's a, a muralist named Tyler K. Uh, she did our, our Columbus mural that greets you as you're coming down. Uh, Milam. Uh, I'm so sorry. She, where, where, where is that? Um, it did, is, did we see that coming in? It's, no? uh, it's off of Milam. It's actually right across from the courthouse. Um, and okay, that was, well, we'll have to go visit that. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a few months in the making. Um, I believe she completed it at the end of la- last summer. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's really beautiful. She did a great job with it. So we should, we're bringing her in today to do a class with us. Um, 
other things we we just like to like we said we like to host parties and mm-hmm. host special events so um comedy shows um what else do we do um let's see we from time to time we'll do bingo um oh trivia trivia every week um trivia with raven we have a also have a local coach uh so he's a, a he's been a teacher and coach at the high school here at columbus high school for years and years and he once a month will host trivia and then raven also takes turns hosting trivia which is which is really fun um yeah yeah, but that i think that's a good thing here especially in a town of of what we say 3600 um is there any other nightlife place uh like bar or something yeah we've got we've got a few other restaurants and bars in town um yeah, but I would imagine people like like this place for the variety, you know, as you said, the bingo, the trivia. I wouldn't imagine there's a plethora of that in Columbus. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah. Well, and I think too. I think one thing that that a lot of folks do enjoy coming here, they can. It's a little bit different speed than most other things um, that are here. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we're, we have a food component, but we're not really a restaurant. We, we've got a brewery, and we make all of our own beer here, but you've got all this space, like we alluded to earlier. So, um, you, you know, you to some degree, you can come here and be in public, but also kind of semi-private if you sit back in the corner of this larger room we're in. Um, you know, people, some, some folks will come in, play cards, you know, your standard things at breweries, cards, dominoes, you know, board games, things like that. So we'll, we'll do that as well. Um, but it's just, you know, I think folks, uh, they've gotten to know us as members of the community and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it, it sort of occupies this niche, uh, for entertainment with folks that's different from a restaurant, that's different from a typical bar. Um, and so that's, that's been really neat. I like it. Uh, let's, let's talk about that since you mentioned it, you said you're, um, you have food Mm -hmm. in-house. A lot of places have food trucks, uh, but you guys brought it in-house. So that's good. I think I just, I don't know if that's your chef or not, but uh, I, I think I saw some kolaches going by. Did I see kolaches? Pretzels. Oh, is it pretzels? Okay. Yes, we do scratch meat pretzels. Later. Um, uh, what, what do you have here? I mean, you're, I thought I saw your menu online, um, but what can people get when they come in here? So our focus is, uh, so we have a small menu. It always ranges between 12 to 15 items and... Um, locally sourced whenever possible, always fresh, um, mainly comprised of sandwiches, salads, things like that. Um, but yeah, we, we, we try to incorporate our rotating beer list as much as possible and, um, pair items from the menu with our tap list to create some cohesiveness and um yeah our our focus is scratch where we can uh really high quality always um always delicious let me ask you that you mentioned uh local uh i never asked you this and maybe you can enlighten me but what is the industry here in in uh, columbus are people mainly ranchers farmers uh like what is the industry Uh, lots of cattle okay uh rice rice farmers okay so, so when you when you're talking about food and and getting things local, I'd imagine you have a pretty good resource here uh, locally for for getting local local food. We do, and uh, you know Texas is great with the long growing seasons, um, but being 
an insular community people have really uh taken to crafting uh, crafting their industry um travis is from a long line of farmers and uh business owners his mom's a business owner um his aunt is a flower farmer she does cut flowers that we get from her that are for sale in the tap room so um people around here are very industrious and we're very fortunate to have a great selection of really whatever whatever we want and that you know knowing everyone and and having great connections with people has really helped us add to this business yeah so like uh Every now, every now and then, uh, Raven will do different specials where uh, some of the meats will be from from local uh, butchers, um, you know. Um, but yeah, largely agricultural. A lot of you know, small business owners and and that do various things. Um, so yeah, and then plenty of people that just commute to the city but want to live out in the country, you know. So, like us. Right, yes. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Um, so you're the beer maker, and you said when you were you guys were in Colorado. You'd make the beer, uh, you'd bring out the food. So do you kind of manage the kitchen? You kind of do everything? Do you help out with the beer? Yeah, so I keep Travis in his little corner. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I take on a lot of the hospitality. Um, I write the menus. Um, today I'm in the kitchen. Um, I've, I'm, I'm really hands-on with the kitchen and... Now, did you have experience with that from, from Colorado, or is this just uh, part of your nature? Where did, where did it come from? It's I've always cooked. I've always been in the kitchen. Um, I like to joke. I was born and plopped in, in the sink with my grandma, <laughs> and uh, my grandma and grandpa, they were both um, from Mexico and uh, raised helped raise my brother and I, and... They, their way of making money was tamales and food of, of all kinds um, right out of their kitchen that they would sell at local markets or just to neighbors. So I've always had, I've always been in the kitchen. Um, so self-taught, never professionally. And I've worked in restaurants throughout my life. So Nice. Yeah. And, and so on that note, Travis, then, did you have something to say there about, about that? I was just going to comment on how, how good everything is. So, yeah, she makes excellent food. I mean, it's one of, the, one of the most amazing things about Raven is how well she understands flavor. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I look back, so when, when, we very, when we very first met, and I think the only time that uh, I, well, it's not the only time, but one of the first times we, we had a date night, I cooked um before i learned her background and her <laughs> abilities you thought you were um, doing good <laughs> yeah which I, I know. it was good it was steak and potatoes yeah. it was very good, good. You know, i guess but then yeah. but then no she she you know or i quickly became aware of of how of how well she understands flavors and food and and she's just yeah kind of a natural in that way and and she's a, she's really excellent at at hospitality and connecting with people and and yeah it's, it's she's she's very good at those things so i just wanted to kind of emphasize that because she can be a bit modest in, in that regard and uh i think she's a she's a gem 
Well, that's uh, that's something special to have somebody who understands the beer very well, and then somebody who understands the hospitality and the food aspect of it. Uh, it's a great match, right? Yeah, it's working for us. That's good. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, so so then you kind of kind of mainly focus on the beer. Well, yeah, beer plus a little bit of everything else, I guess, is the way I kind of look at it. Um, it's what every business owner has right. to do. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, yeah, for sure, beer, the, the beer is, is absolutely my, my main focus. And it wasn't until about two, well, about three months ago now that I was finally able to get a cons- consistent production assistant. So uh, prior to then, it's just been, been all me. Um, but everything from, yeah, re, you know, recipe development to raw material procurement to actually carrying out the day-to-day operations in the, in the brewery, um, yeah, I, I handle all of that, you know, draft maintenance. Um, separate of all the, the stuff with our, with our beer and, and serve, points of service for beer and all of that, I handle um, a lot of our clerical stuff as far as, you know, book, bookkeeping, finance you know that's compliance just all the business stuff all the business stuff yeah, yeah. uh well look uh, the other thing we do on our podcast is we focus on a uh what we call a texas taproom flight where we sample a few beers let you guys focus on the on the beers uh that you make in-house and uh, tell tell our listeners about, about those few beers and we'll we'll taste a few uh i did see on your website i think it was an old uh check saying maybe um, a fine beer may be judged with only one sip, but it's better to be thoroughly sure. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Um, it's a good motto. Um, so, I, I mean, if you guys are okay with it, I'd suggest we, uh, we, we test a few beers and see, see what's let's a fine beer. Yeah? Sounds good. Okay. Well, let's take a little break. Uh, is that okay? Yeah. Okay, well, good. Um, okay, we're back. We took a little break to get uh, a few beers. Um, and Travis, I'm gonna. I mean, you walk me through it in the in the order that you feel is most appropriate. Uh, and here, I'm gonna turn this towards you so you know what you're looking at. Sure. Um, yeah. So but yeah, let's let's go in whatever order you want to go in. Yeah. So I was gonna recommend starting with Burning Daylight. That's gonna be kind of bottom left there. This uh, one here. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's Burning Daylight. So that's uh, stylistically, it's an American lager. Um, it's gonna be our it's our top selling beer here at the brewery. Um, very light. Very light. It's a it's an adjunct lager made with corn. Very simple recipe: pilsner and corn in the recipe. Uh, it's a clean, easy drinking uh, lager beer, um, and a lot of folks love it. It's uh, it's a great beer. We actually won bronze medal for that at the Texas Crab Brewers Cup in 2022. So last year, and uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's our go-to. Like you know, folks are looking for something like Bud Miller Coors or something like that. Burning Daylight's where we direct them. Burning Daylight, I like it. It's nice, as you say, clean, refreshing, light. It's not too heavy. I mean, it's a, it's just a good all-around light beer. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, you got some. That's nope. That's the Noon Bell. So we still we noon? still have what? those out here oh. in the in the small towns. The oh Noon Bell. God, the Noon it. Bell. The Noon. Yep. Yeah. So if that goes off at I don't know 3 p.m., it's because there's actually a fire. So that's interesting. Yeah. Can that uh, bell be heard like all throughout the town? Yeah, yeah, all over town. Yeah. Is the fire station's right next door, right? Yeah, the fire station's yeah right next door to us. Yep. Is that where it comes from? No, it's actually over here on a on a just a big pole by the railroad track. 
Okay. Um, yeah, it's it, you can. It's just a little bell horn looking thing, and yeah, every day at noon it goes off, and when there's a fire. <laughs> okay, we need to stay out here for. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. F- folks who come from the city are always. Uh, which, you know, I get it. I mean, I grew up out in the country, so to me it's second nature, and it's just it's always been that way because Weimar has one as well. Um, but then when – but I forget that it's not a normal thing in the city. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not at all – we grew up in really small towns, like smaller than this. Like mm-hmm. where I grew up, it was yeah. like 300 people. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a noon bell, so this, that's new for me. Yeah. But interesting. Cool. Um, Man, we, uh, we got some yeah. pretzel bites came out here with some uh, pimento cheese. Um, I know Raven's got off doing She's doing something, but I think you know yeah, I can, a, I can. enough about this to tell sure. us about this. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so this is going to be a tray of our pretzel bites with uh, served with pimento beer cheese. So the pretzel bites are made from scratch here in-house. Um, Hook me up with one of those. The pimento beer cheese is also made from scratch here in-house. Um, this was, so, so when we first opened the brewery, before we had the kitchen, because we didn't open the kitchen until May of 2021, so, I'm sorry, May of 2022, so we had been open for about a year and a half before we opened the kitchen, the full kitchen. We did pretzels and, uh, like, pigs in the blanket, like sausage rolls, charcuterie, things like that, plus food trucks as our food options. Then... Uh, we opened the full kitchen, but we, we kept these pretzel bites. We used to do like properly swirled pretzels and, and the whole bit. Um, we switched over to the pretzel bites more uh, from an ep- economical. They, they were just a little bit easier for folks to do, and they were more consistent in terms of the shape and everything when, when Raven wasn't swirling pretzels all day long. Yeah. And, um, but it's the exact same recipe, same dough. And, uh, yeah. Do you have one? Uh, it, sure, they're yeah. fantastic. I would love uh, to have you one. You know, it's funny. Last uh, last show, we were at Valentin's. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we, we spent... Actually, I haven't edited that one yet, but that one went on for three hours. Oh, wow. And yeah. part of it was the beers that got brought in, but also part of it was that we were waiting for some bread to show up. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned on the um, on the podcast where, you know, where I grew up, it seemed like all moms made homemade bread. And um, uh, so, so somebody was making bread from the left or from the leftover uh, materials from from brewing, mm-hmm. and it was almost ready. I'm like, well, shit, we gotta wait. It's we gotta, ready. we gotta, we gotta try this bread. And so we wait, waited around for about a half an hour, just waiting for this bread to show up. But it was pretty pretty tasty at the end of the day, you know. So I think this bread and pretzel thing has become a thing here. Absolutely. We're going to try this beer. now. Yeah. She can't eat bread. I don't eat bread, Jones. Oh, yeah. shoot. Boy, that's fantastic. Well for me. <laughs> yeah. That really is good. Is, um, yeah, it's been years that, I could, that I've been sitting at we the table now. We do have now. gluten-free toast, though. Oh, really? We do. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Keep, mm. keep it in your... I will those keep are, it in Those are really good pretzel buns thank you yeah they smell great our, our and then that cheese buns. that cheese is fantastic mm-hmm. thank you okay i need to try the cheese yeah pimento cheese is a southern staple so uh we have to be what? sure to incorporate them scoop up just i'm just gonna have just the <laughs> win in rome or, exactly. or song. yeah it's all all original hound song recipes just one we use bit. our beer there's a pint of beer in every batch of our pimento cheese oh really yeah nice 
Um, I was correct. It went really nice with the pickle beer. Um, I thought that was a great combination between the pickle beer and the pretzels. Um, something somebody's got to get out here and try. And uh, fun story, I just I'll just have to throw this in about about the pickle beer. Um, I'm sure he'll be okay with me with me talking about this. I, I'm certain he will be. So that's um, Kelly Meyer, um, a former owner of New Braunfels Brewing Company. He also has the how not to start a damn brewery podcast and uh, he's also good friends of ours comes in from time to time when he's out in this area um so so as the as the story goes he uh he brewed if not the original uh one of the original pickle beers in existence that 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 we know about but dating back to like 2013 or 14 or something like that well there's a brewery in fort worth um, and it's a well-known little, uh, I don't know, contentious, contentious story there. Um, the brewery in Fort Worth being known as Martin House. They, so, so Kelly Meyer sort of uh, invented the pickle beer and then Martin House made it popular. And uh, so they've been very successful with their pickle beer. And so there was a lot of uh, back and forth contention with New Braunfels Brewing Co. and, uh, and, and uh, Martin House. And uh, when we decided that we were going to do a pickle beer, because frankly, I thought they tasted good, um, Kelly told me that I should make fun of him in the name of this pickle beer. <laughs> and so our pickle beer is called What's the Dill, Kelly? Okay. Uh, I like sort it. Sort of referring to that contentious, fun kind of situation between his version of New Braunfels Brewing Co. back in the day and... Uh, and Martin House up in Fort Worth, so it's kind of a fun little poke in the ribs there, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, I I've never had dill uh, or pickle beer before, man. Um, I really like it. I think it's fantastic. Thank what's the, what's the base for it? It is uh, a Berliner a Berliner Berliner Weiss. Neat thing about that, I actually ferment that with. So most most folks will do like a, a kettle sour, uh, so they'll do lactobacillus in the kettle before they actually uh, boil the wort and uh, in my situation though I ferment that uh, that with uh, Lachancia thermotolerans which is a, a, a different type of yeast altogether it's not your typical beer yeast because it will ferment uh, sugar and produce alcohol and carbon dioxide but in addition to producing alcohol and carbon dioxide it'll also produce lactic acid so all of the acidity that's in that, of course, there's some from the pickle brine, but a, a, most of the acidity is from the lactic acid due mm. to that uh, fermentation by the Lachantia thermotolerant strain. So that's how I do mine. And, uh, yeah. Well, did a great job in my opinion. Thank you. Okay, I haven't eaten bread, like just bread, <laughs> in like, I don't know, maybe two years now. That was so good. Thank you. They are, they're, they're I excellent. hope it doesn't hurt you too badly. I, no, I'll just, yeah, no, I'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be fine. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, those really are really good. Oh my God. They're fantastic. The texture of bread. <laughs> just like, like, just, you know, I've eaten a little piece of cake or dessert here and there, but it's full of other the cream and whatever. Yeah. But the, bread it's <laughs> so good thank you yeah. you know normally normally when i line these uh podcasts up uh i just you know i mean you guys experience we just i just hit you up and say hey can we come do a podcast 
I think I might have to request bread from now on. You know, you might this have is to. becoming a thing. It's like, do you guys got bread? Yeah. No. Okay. It's no go. Yeah. You don't no. make bread. Shoot. Oh, only, only kidding, of course. Yeah. And there's a uh, so the the wet ingredients for our pretzel dough is beer and butter. Wow. So beer, butter, yeast, flour, salt. Yeah. Yeah. So what no makes water. it so no so water that's a secret? No water. Well, there's really? water in beer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Which which beer is it? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, it's Burning Daylight. Oh, Burning Daylight. Yeah. That's the yeah. one we just that tried. Was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Let's. Uh, that was a great beer, by the way. Awesome. Uh, what's this next one? Next we're drinking? one uh, is Harbert's Hellas. It is a Munich Hellas. It is five percent ABV, uh, and it's named after the building we're sitting in here, the Harbert's Garage. So Harbert's Hellas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we released this beer for the first time back in like. Maybe. Yeah, May of 2021 yeah. or something like that, I think. On Sam Herbert's birthday, actually. Yeah. And that was totally by by fate and coincidence. Was it by accident? Really? Yeah. Yeah. We, like uh, we knew we wanted to make a beer in his honor. Um, we think he did a lot of great things here in the community and um, started reaching out to uh, his surviving family, and he's actually got uh, grandsons and nephews. Um one of them actually owns a brewery in New Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, it's called Farmington. Uh, and, yeah, in Farmington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so he, so in those conversations, we had discussed our new beer release, and he said, "Hey, we'll just so you know, his birthday's coming up." And yeah, that's cool. Kind of fell mm-hmm. into place. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like the name of uh, uh, of your brewery. You know, it just it just happened. Yeah, right. And the same thing with this one. So it was kind of cool. Um, I like this beer. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with the Hellas. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't you know? Mo- like I said, most times it's stouts, ales, uh, the lagers. I don't know where the first place was. I had a Hellas, but it was since I was doing this podcast, and I can't remember which place it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a few podcasts ago, but um, I re- actually really like this beer. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so. G- generically, I'm I'm very passionate about lager brewing. I, I love brewing lagers. I love the the kind of the low and slow approach in terms of you know the the rate of fermentation, the low temperatures, kind of the the nuance and subtlety that goes into uh, a fine a well made lager. And uh, the, the remarkable thing is there's so many different approaches that you can take to to making a a great lager and that's been kind of a big focal point for me even starting with kind of the origin of something like the Hellas style Um, but yeah that originated kind of in the latter part of the 19th century um, in in, uh, in Munich and it was sort of Germany's response to the Czech Pilsner so basically uh, the Czech Pilsner in earlier part of the 1800s, 1840s or thereabouts, um, became really popular and gained traction in Pilsen. And so uh, some of the contemporary brewers of the time were starting to see that, hey, this this pale lager that's being made over in the Czech Republic, or Czechoslovakia, I guess, at that point in time, was, was starting to make its way over into Germany. And, uh, of course, the Germans are very proud of their beer. And at that point, it was more like, like, like 
Marzen style beers and, and, you know, amber lagers and, and dunkel, dark lagers like that, primarily because that those styles of beer uh, lent themselves better to the water that was present right. in Munich. Well, uh, they all of the the the, the mines the you know they had they had a meeting of the mines I guess you could say at a, at a convention uh, in in Germany and they actually discussed this uh, whether or not they would adopt a, a pale lager in the German tradition and there were plenty of people who were from the old school of thought that that gave a lot of pushback but but people sort of on the forefront. Um, perhaps that were more progressive um, as it related to the beer styles, said, hey, no, this is coming. This is something we need to prepare for. And so the Munich Helle style was born out of that. And so in southern Germany, you had this pale, malt-forward, low bitterness, more kind of a, a subtle, bready kind of kind of flavor uh, component that was a very highly drinkable pale lager that evolved there in Munich. And then a little bit after that, a little further north, you had the birth of the German Hilsner, which basically took the the, uh, the Hellas and and just bumped up the hops just a, just a bit. So there's a little bit more of that noble hop character in the Pilsner. But neat thing, the Hellas predates the German Pilsner, and it came after the the Czech Pilsner in response to the Czech yeah, Pilsner. That's interesting, actually. And now that you say that, it might have been Black Page where I had the first Hellas, maybe because mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. their brewer is is uh, a German brewer. Yeah, He's Heinrich. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I think that might have been. The first time I tried it, so I, I like it. It's uh, I think all these beers are going to be fat. I don't know if I've met a bad beer, to be honest with you, <laughs> but um, but they're all great. Thank um, you. And I, I actually like that style; it's pretty good. Excellent. Next up is High Cotton. That's our hazy IPA, or as we like to jokingly refer to it as a Gulf Coast IPA. Um, and Why is that? It, yeah, I mean what. Because beer has no rules. Beer has no rules. There you go. That's the best answer I've ever heard. Um, you know, you've got your West Coast IPAs. You've got your New England IPAs. I don't know. We're on the Gulf Coast, so we make a Gulf Coast IPA. But yeah, why in, not, right? In, in in all reality, though, it's it, it takes a lot of notes from the New England style. It's low bitterness, um, a lot of late kettle hopping, um, and then a pretty pretty substantial dry hop load. And of course, you can tell by appearance it's hazy. Um, so yeah, yeah, kind of takes notes from the the New England style. <laughs> <laughs> she she's gonna stick with the pickle beer. Pickle beer's my um, favorite. <laughs> the people that listen to the show know I'm not an IPA fan, right? But uh, as I've said, I'm getting more sophisticated over time. Um, the truth is, you know, in in I think you know I got to tell this story again. So we we got sponsored by a brewery on our hockey team, and at the time they weren't. They weren't canning beers, so they used to give us a slim keg. Um, and I had this rule, like, hey, boys, I ain't bringing this slim keg back full. Mm-hmm. So whatever shows up, it's I'm, this is going back empty, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, there's a couple times they gave us um, um, IPAs mm-hmm. in, in this, which is not necessarily a hockey beer, right? Sure. But I, I told everybody, this is disappearing. We're not... We're not sending this keg back empty, right? And I think that's um, that was my introduction to IPAs. But but the problem was, like I like IPAs in smaller quantities. Like right now, this to me is the perfect size for me because I'm not an IPA fan. I really like the taste of it, but it, to me, for me, it's got to be in smaller quantities. But when you're drinking a slim keg of it, that's not the right quantity. Right. <laughs> um, 
But this here, to me, like it's fruity. Uh, I always, I pick up the pineapple. I don't know if I'm picking up the wrong flavors or not. I don't have a sophisticated palate. Um, that's what I mentioned on the last. I got a beer taste tasting book. I got a, mm-hmm. I got a review. Um, learn how to taste beer. But, um, but yeah, I, I pick up, I pick up the fruity, pineapple-y flavors, and uh, in smaller quantities for me, that's actually a really tasty beer. Awesome. But what were you going to say? I was just that? going to say I don't I don't think there's any wrong answers. In fact, like I I really like as as the brewer, right? I really like to listen to folks who, you know, if if you if you don't you don't know anything about beer and you don't have that tasting lexicon, or you're I don't know a, a cicerone or something, right? Um, anywhere in between there, like I like listening to how folks are going to describe the beer because at the end of the day. Most folks, uh, most of our customers, right, are not are not cicerones. They're not. They don't have that lexicon that you would expect in a beer competition where all the judges are BJCP certified and the list goes on. Um, so to that end, I uh, I encourage folks to just what just say whatever comes to mind, and that's actually helpful to me as a brewer to to just. You know, if I hear, you know, you say you're picking up what you're picking up, the, you know, the tropical notes, you mentioned pineapple. Um, I think that's super, super helpful. And certainly there's, there's not a wrong answer there because it's, that's what you're tasting, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same thing with wine as well. And uh, I think she's, she's got a better palate than I do with wine. And like, for me, it's like, the thing I say is like, I like that or I don't like that. Sure. You know, it's like. Oh, you like reds and you like this or this red or that red? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I just like, I like red stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. So that's just me. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, with wine too. I'm like red, white, sweet, dry. All right, cool. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, that's as far as it goes. Yeah. I was actually listening to this uh, sommelier and, uh, you know, during a, some wine tasting thing. I think it was a competition amongst sommeliers. Oh, wow. To see who's the best sommelier there was, and like he takes this sip and spits it out, and then he's like, "This is from the northern France re- region. It's this." And I was like, "How can you tell that?" Like, man, and maybe he was wrong. I don't know. But <laughs> it was a cool spring morning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it. I like that uh, IPA. It's uh, like I said, IPAs aren't my thing, but in small quantities, I think they're very tasty. Um, but to me, they, for me, they got to be smaller quantities. I, I like the darker, so I'm kind of excited about the darker mm-hmm. ones here. And I like the uh, the, the hockey beers, right? Sure. But yeah, I bet I these it. are going to be nice hockey beers, too. I think so. Because even though they're darker, mm-hmm. they're still lagers, which is still nice and refreshing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very highly drinkable. The next one up is... Duat Dunkel. Duat Dunkel. It's a, uh, it's a Munich Dunkel, so... So yeah, that would be an example of one of those older beers that would have uh, been in old German beers. An old German yeah. beer, yeah, before the Hellas would have been around. Um, it's I like to think of the Dunkel as basically a dark Hellas in terms of the flavor balance. It's going to be malt forward. It's, but it's low, a little more malty, yeah. Yeah, more malt forward. Uh, it's it's a low bitterness perception. Um, and so the balance, yeah, the balance is definitely going to be focused more on the malt. So you'll get some kind of like richer, toasty, bready um, components there. You really shouldn't taste much of the hops. Really what the hops do there is to provide just enough of any amount of bitterness so that the beer isn't sweet. Yep. Um, but it's certainly not bitter either. It just prevents the beer from being sweet is sort of what that, 
back in those there. You know what I like about doing these uh, tastings and these podcasts is that when I listen to guys like you who are into the beer and in, into being able to describe all the flavor notes, it's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, I'm tasting it and everything you're saying is like, okay, that's resonating with me. And I'm, I can't explain it, but I'm glad you can because <laughs> when, when you're doing it, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm tasting. Yeah. And I think I experienced that. Remember down with uh, True Anomaly talking mm-hmm. to uh, Michael? Um, he's explaining it, and I think we had an interruption. I think a FedEx guy showed up, and he had to go deal with some FedEx stuff, which, you know, brewery owner stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and when he came back, I'm like, man, everything you were just saying, like, that's exactly exactly what I was tasting, and then I had a little bit of time to taste it a little more. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I was tasting. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. it's, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and then uh, I also like to do little uh, spin-offs on some of these beers. So, for example, with that Dunkel, we don't have it on tap. The, the one I'm talking about, we don't have it on tap yet, but I took that Dunkel, and I've got it uh, aging on uh, vanilla beans and cinnamon sticks. And so it's going to be sort of that, that those same flavor components with a, with a good kick of uh, natural vanilla from the beans and then a little bit of a spiciness from that cinnamon. Um, the original idea was inspired by Mexican churros. So, ah. Yeah. Do you have churros? Uh, from time to time, yes. Okay. But uh, <laughs> give me a little time. I might be able to make you some. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah we did it not too long ago. With uh, I found maple sugar cinnamon on it, and it was great. Yeah. Not nice. to make you jealous, but we oh, do boy. from time to time. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna come back. I think we're gonna come back for uh, mm-hmm. what's it called again? May, not May days, May uh, Magnolia May, days. Magnolia yeah. days, yeah. But in May, in May, May nineteenth and twentieth. Okay, maybe then we'll have some churros. There you go. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a great beer. Um, yeah, still, you know, for me, yeah, malty, um, but not too dissimilar from a lager, mm-hmm. right? Uh, very drinkable, not heavy. Um, I don't know. So nothing else to say. I yeah. Just, Should be beer. clean, drinkable. No. Yep. Yeah. Actually, let me ask you uh, about that because you, you've already got a few German beers here. Um, Weimar is a, is a German name, right? And isn't... isn't uh, Weimar. Yeah. A lot like uh, Luchenbach, uh, all those places. Like there was a lot of German settlement mm-hmm. uh, here in this area of Texas and probably other areas of Texas. Mm-hmm. Is, is that... Is that part of the reason or is this just your style of beer that you like making or did you just try to cater to the community cater to the area you're in with your beer styles it's it's a it's a little bit of both um so certainly to your point yes uh germans uh, and czech uh, germans and czechs settled uh these areas you know kind of within you know 100 mile radius for sure of here and so to some degree i'm paying homage to 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 that um, but then too, uh, it is. It sort of speaks to to what I am passionate about as a as a brewer in, in those lager beers. That um, you know the, these these beer styles sort of evolved in Germany and the Czech Republic, and I really appreciate that tradition. And so that's a, a big reason why that's a that's a huge focus for me as well is just owing to that tradition it's sort of where i've settled i mean i've i've, I've gone through the whole gamut like there there were different phases of, of my life as a brewer where i really focused on saison for example i really like saison a lot and then belgian ales 
And and then little by little, I, I sort of gravitated more and more towards lager and then eventually pale lager. And, and that's kind of where I find myself now is, is really focused on those beer styles. Folks around here like them because they're, they're easy drinking beers, but also they do connect back to, you know, the, the, the old world. So, yeah, so a little bit of both. Yep. Well, they are easy, drink, easy drinking beers, and this, I think that's what the majority of people like. So I, I think you're doing a great job with these. Thank you. Um, last beer there? Let's hit the last one. Sure. So that's Double Backbone. That's our Czech Dark Lager. Thank you. And um, so uh, that also, that won a bronze medal for us at the 2022 Texas Crab Brewers Cup as well. And um, so this one is going to be similar to the Dunkel. It's going to kick up the roast a little bit more. Uh, it's a little bit of a darker beer. Uh, it's got a little bit more of a hop component there as well, like the like the Czech beers tend to have, a little more of a hop component. Um, but otherwise, it's going to be very malt forward. Um, yeah, maybe that, that's what I'm tasting. When you, when you say a little more malt forward, mm-hmm. a little more of the roastiness, I, I mm-hmm. definitely got that. Yeah, coffee maybe, notes and the coffee notes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say perhaps a little bit of caramel as well. Um, and that's definitely gonna uh, be different from the dunkel. There, you, there's not a lot of those sort of that, that caramel component in a dunkel, whereas in the Czech dark lager, you know, molasses, caramel, those are sometimes the descriptors that are used, um, but but certainly a little more roast as well. Anything to say, Nicole? No, I can taste the caramel and the coffee for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Sorry, I'm trying to Fine. grab this uh, thingy here. Um, I, I think that's a great beer, and this is, um, you know, on this flight board here, everybody has their flavor notes, and I'm just going to throw this out there. This is my favorite beer. Awesome. I like the, um, I mean, the good thing is, and I, I love a flight because you can come in and experiment and try different things. You can pick different beers and try to say, hey, what is my flavor? Because everybody's flavor is different, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people love IPAs. Some people love the lagers. Some people love stouts. Some people love uh, a darker real, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, no one's wrong. And no one's right. That's right. Um, out of this flight here, I love this beer. I think this is fantastic. I, I love the maltiness, the, the caramel, the, the coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big coffee fan anyway, so mm-hmm. I think I drank like four or five cups just getting here. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, great job on this. Uh, let, let's go over those again. It's the uh, uh, Burning Daylight. Are you a doctor? Uh, no. No, you're not, because your your uh, handwriting oh. almost looks like. Oh, that like... might be mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a fan there. of. Uh, Some, somebody's handwriting almost yeah. looks like a doctor's. Script. I don't pick up my pen. Okay. Um, <laughs> Harbor Tellus is the next one. <laughs> I'll what, translate. What, 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 once you say it, I can I can yeah. see it in the writing. And then, uh, uh, but I can't read it right here. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna let you do it again. I can read. Yeah, I can read my own handwriting. <laughs> he also um, needs glasses, Raven. I do. So I, I he do just not completely my fault. No, it's not completely your fault. He just <laughs> hasn't given. In yet. It's way more easier. It's way more easy if I just blame it on your handwriting okay. than my eyes. I, I'll take okay. it then. Uh, <laughs> so uh, next up, we did a high cotton, which is our Gulf Coast hazy IPA. I love the. I, I love, you guys own that. Are you guys the first one to did a Gulf Coast hazy IPA? I don't know. I, I think you should just lay a claim to it. Yeah. Plant the flag. Hound Song Brewing Company. Say that's Gulf Coast hazy IPA. Gulf Coast it here first. Yeah. Gulf Coast <laughs> IPA. Uh, and then Do What Dunkel is our Munich Dunkel. Great beer. Um, and then Double Backbone is our Czech Dark Lager. What's the Dill Kelly is mm. our pickle beer. 
pickled yeah. ale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one wasn't in the in the. It was. It wasn't in the board, but it was off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, great with um, uh, pretzels. Indeed. Yeah. Pretzels. I'm. I'm going to try the pre- another pretzel with the mustard. I'm going to wait till the show's over. Um, sure. Mustard and pet. Mustard, pickles, and pretzels. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say another, um, just another amazing food uh, item that Raven makes is the Reuben. The Reuben here is absolutely fantastic. So Thank you. Yeah, nice. if, you, if you have any room for food left after all of these, that would be my recommendation. You know, I got three teenage boys at home. So I think what we're going to do is we might even buy some food here before we leave and um, feed, those, feed those children when we get home. The bottomless pits. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you, so uh, great, great selection of beers. I love those. I love every one of them. Um, what do you, I saw some cans out front. I saw some growlers. Uh, do you guys got distribution set up here yet? Uh, where are you with canning? Like, how do people get the beers apart from coming right here? Uh, how do people get your beers? Yeah, so 99.9% of it we sell right here on site. We, we don't have much of a distribution footprint just yet. Um, I, I distribute kegs a little bit, but even then, the, uh, the one account that I have right now is in Schulenburg, so even further west of here. Um, but we do crowlers, to your point. So we've got right now we've got 32-ounce crowlers and then both 32- and 64-ounce growlers. Um, we're actually going to be uh, changing our crowler size to 19.2 ounces here uh, in the next couple of months or so. Um, and, and then longer term, I do plan to move into a little bit of canning. Um, and we're just, you know, little by little getting to that point as the business evolves. Um, you know, firstly, we were expanding the tap room and then we'll turn our focus on that. Uh, but yeah, right now it's, it's pretty much just here. Um, so... Well, you know, everybody's going to grow at their own pace, and, and you guys will get there, um, or you won't. Uh, you're going to find out what, what works for you guys and, right. and uh, do what suits you along the way, right? And, Indeed. And maybe one of these days it's just going to hit you, uh, just like the name did, and just like the, uh, I can't remember the name of the beer, but the... Uh, the Double Backbone? No, not that one. The um, Herbert's, uh, Herbert's Hellas, mm-hmm. uh, where it just happened. It happened to be on the guy's birthday. Mm-hmm. One of these days, something's, something's going to come to you, and you're like, okay, this is our next step, right? Yeah. And that's sometimes the way things happen, right? Indeed. Um, what about your mainstays? And uh, I'm, I'm assuming you have something that's on tap year-round, um, and you experiment with different seasonals and, and things that will come and go. But what's here year-round versus uh, the things that you know people will experiment and they can only get when they come here? So we have uh, six flagship beers uh what we call them um burn in daylight obviously is our uh bestseller light lager best-selling hockey beer correct yeah and uh hay grazer is our kolsch rough string is a german style alt beer and uh double backbone which was your favorite this one and then harbor tellus is our newest addition uh as a flagship that we've decided is here to stay um, in-house, we've got 22 taps and um, typically have anywhere between 15 to 22 different styles of beer on tap. It just depends on, uh, on what's selling and which direction we're going. So um, they're seasonal, experimental, 
um, really small batch or something that we are really confident with. So we'll introduce a, a bigger batch of it. Um, yeah. And so far it's really just been what Travis and I, uh, one will think will will do well, but also what we want to drink and try and what Travis wants to experiment with in the brew house. Nice. Um, are these pretzels mainstays? Yes. Okay. From day one. <laughs> okay. From day one. Guys, you got to come try these pretzels, this, uh, this cheese too. Oh boy. <laughs> Thank you. I think my kids are going to get some of that too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good stuff. Well, guys, this is Great Destination Brewery. You've got a fantastic place. I never mentioned it, but you have two separate places. What did you say was like eight thousand square feet? About eight thousand square feet. Yep. Okay, eight thousand square feet. You got a you got a, a concert stage here. There's going to be some music playing. A great place to just come out, hang out on a weekend, weeknight. Chandeliers. Oh yeah, chandeliers. <laughs> the my most wife. Amazing chandeliers. <laughs> you know, we got we got like almost not as big, not a large, smaller scale, but you almost got like a the top end of those in our kitchen. Something like those in our kitchen. Kitchen? Oh, no, you changed out that light. Right. <laughs> and she, a crystal clear 4K projector. There you go. Yeah, for whatever sports you're playing or whatever events you're playing. Um, well, guys, look, any any parting words, any final sales pitch, um, apart from great food, great pretzels, great beer, great brewery, the historic... Uh, nature of columbus and um the, the quaintness of this tiny little, I, I say tiny 3600 people here uh but the small town any 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 final sales pitch why do people want to come make the trip to come out here well one one thing i was gonna just add is it's not as far as you think so the the, the other day we're, we're really good friends with folks from uh no label and uh tom from no label is in here him and carlos and we Tom's were talking yeah, Tom's a hoot, and uh, we were we were talking about uh, the fact that he came out here for the day, and I and I thought I was like, man, so so what else do you have going on? He's like, oh, I just just drove out here, and uh, I was like, oh, just to come to the brewery. He said, yeah, and then uh, he said, you know, Carlos put it really uh, really neat, really interestingly. To get here from the brewery only took us thirty nine minutes, and uh, if we're going anywhere else in Houston, it takes at least that long. And uh, so, yeah, from Katy to here is just 39 minutes. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not too far. It, you know, and you got some good scenery and you generally don't have to deal with much traffic. So. You know, that, that's funny because as I was talking to Nicole when we were going out there and I, I told her where we are going, I said, we're going out I-10 up to uh, Columbus. I don't think he really knew where Columbus was, but I'm like, like yeah but look we, we've been to, to black page and we've been to these other places downtown uh gristworks and those different places and i was just at valentin's and, and i was like this is a shorter drive than those places even though they're technically kind of in houston or pearland area right mm-hmm. but this this for me was actually closer right yeah. so it's, you're right it's not that far it's not mm-hmm. that far out mm-hmm. um, i call it a destination brewery but it's just as close as anywhere else and when you're driving in houston right yeah and plus there's something calming about not driving in traffic and just driving through the countryside and, and coming in and see this fantastic, like I said, the architecture, the um, the courthouse next door. It's just something quaint about it. It's very nice. Yeah. I like it. Well, uh, for people to keep up to date, you guys are at houndsongbrewing.com. Did mm-hmm. I get that right? Access to all your social media and all that kind of stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put all your events... Uh, 
upcoming concert when the churros will be released yes okay <laughs> okay that'll all be on there okay yep uh well look guys this show is meant to be a sneak preview um we're not going to tell you everything uh the only place to really experience this or only way to experience this is come here um when you walk in actually we were outside my wife walked in and as soon as the doors opened what'd you say she can't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> but she walked in and says, oh, this place is gorgeous, mm-hmm. right? And I think she, she kind of fell in love with the, uh, uh, the oldness mm-hmm. and kind of the decor. The charm. The it's charm, the charm. It's the country it. charm that I love. And, and that's mm-hmm. something you're, you're not going to get from listening to us. So get out here. Try this place. Try these pretzels. Try this great beer. Um, and if you like what we're doing, give us a five-star review and share with your friends on social media. And as always, please join us as we travel to Lone Star State, fermenting your interest in Texas craft beers and breweries on Texas taprooms.